Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the program. My goodness, the college conference realignment saga continues. The latest is the ACC going to have some exploratory considerations on Cal and Stanford. We talked a lot about this yesterday. Stanford and Cal to me makes sense for the Big Ten Conference. I don't know that it makes business sense or television money, and that's what everything is about these days. But it has been really interesting as we inch close to the start of college football to get back into a full-fledged conversation on the future of the Big Ten Conference and what college sports and maybe even the NCAA look like just a few years from now with all this taking place. So we'll continue to monitor that. Lots to get to today. A number of headlines, including some recruiting stuff you'll want to hear. We'll cover all that in the opening segment. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Our headlines today, recruiting, as I mentioned, Mike Woodson getting ready to hit the road and head to New York to talk to a key IU prospect in the 2024 class. His name is Boogie Fland. We've talked a lot about Boogie the last couple of weeks. He was a primetime player in the July circuit with coaches on the road, and now Mike Woodson headed to his high school to meet with him and his family. So we'll tell you more about that. Also, some IU football notes. We had a chance to hear from some of the assistant coaches yesterday after practice. Some important updates for this IU football team where so much is unknown about what they'll look like the upcoming season when things get underway with a start against Ohio State. So we'll tell you more about that later in the show on this Tuesday edition. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join the latest on IU basketball and also football as well. And then Sharon Wilkerson, former IU basketball player, Jeffersonville basketball coach, We are in school, football is just around the corner, but the Red Devils are geared up for a big basketball season, and Coach Wilkerson will join us for an off-season conversation coming up later in the show today. That's the lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You got thoughts on the new Big Ten Conference with some West Coast flavor, uh, conference realignment in general, IU basketball, your prediction on an IU football win total. We were kind of in that conversation yesterday with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. We'll continue that today with Mike Schumann, but I would be curious your thoughts, 502 414-1450. 
If you're looking for an ice, icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And again, the Thornton's text line, save the number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. There is a video, as we get into our headlines portion of the show, a video circulating on social media from yesterday of Mackenzie Mbaco. He's working out with his younger brother. I did not even realize he had a brother. He's an incoming sophomore in high school basketball, and I'm assuming it's their hometown, maybe their high school gym. Hard to tell by the video, but I'm telling you, Mbako shooting three-pointers going through a workout, and he can really fill it up. So if you're curious in seeing McKenzie Mbako, kind of a surprise addition to the Hoosiers for this coming year, a little off-season glimpse. We don't get to see the team or catch much of these guys uh, when they're in Bloomington. Everything's kept under wraps. There are the open gyms that happen. Occasionally, maybe a guest uh, lets something slip out. But so much that happens in the offseason is kept under wraps. But now the players are home, getting ready for the start of the upcoming school year. This is a downtime for the coaches as far as workouts and training and other things go so they can focus on recruiting and prepare for the upcoming academic year. But uh, definitely McKenzie Mbaco looking good in the video that we saw yesterday. I mentioned Mike Woodson headed to New York. He's going to be speaking at the New York Basketball Coaches Association Clinic on Wednesday, September 13th, and it just so happens that that clinic is at Archbishop Stepanak, which is Boogie Flans High School. You know, Boogie has been to Indiana a couple times for recruiting visits and is a key target of the Hoosiers in the 2024 class, number 14 in the country, according to the 247 composite. Also speaking at this same clinic, Kentucky coach John Calipari, Alabama coach Nate Oates as well, and both of those guys are very interested in Boogie Fland as well. So I'm sure that there was some thought put into this. We'll invite Woodson and Cal and Oates and get them here uh, at Archbishop Stepanak in New York and they can not only entertain New York area coaches, but also get a chance to meet with Boogie and his family as well. We've been mentioning this name a lot more, Braylon Mullins. He's an in-state guy up at Greenfield Central. He had 50 points over the weekend at the Battle of the Bridges in one of the uh, semifinal games. He received a scholarship offer yesterday from Notre Dame. So Indiana is definitely on his radar and vice versa. But he has added some big offers, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech. You wonder, will Indiana or Purdue be next in line to offer the in-state guard from the 2025 class? One other recruiting note. I know this is a little negative for IU fans, but five-star Flory Badunga, who spurned Indiana, he's going to choose between Auburn and Duke and Kansas and Michigan. He is set to make his announcement coming up later this week. He put on social media recently. It's decision week, and so uh, a lot of fans, I know, hope that uh, Flory, who is at Kokomo and, of course, has a great story coming to the United States of America to play basketball, uh, maybe Indiana could land him, but that's not going to be the case. A lot of people think Duke the favorite, others maybe Kansas. Auburn has been in there with him for a long time as well. 
Michigan would be a real surprise if uh, Flory chose Michigan, but those are the final four that he is considering. Also, an in-state name, Jaron Coleman of Indianapolis Cathedral. We talked about him last week. He was an extremely late entry to the transfer portal last week, maybe the week before. He's a graduate transfer who averaged 15 points, five rebounds, and four assists last season at Ball State. A lot of people assumed, with Indiana having an open spot on the roster and Coleman being an in-state guy, that perhaps he could be a late addition to the roster for this coming season. But yesterday, Coleman announced a commitment to Nebraska. So he'll play in the Big Ten, not at Indiana. We really don't know how much Indiana pursued him. But Jaron Coleman of Cathedral headed to Nebraska next season. Let's get into some football here in our opening segment of this Tuesday program. Uh, the first coaches poll for the college football season out yesterday, Indiana. Once again, one of the toughest football schedules in the country. We know how tough the Big Ten East is. Final year of that setup in the Big Ten Conference. But Indiana will take on four ranked opponents voted on by the college football coaches this season. And then two additional opponents who were in the receiving votes column outside of the top 25. Three of those in the top ten. Michigan is two, Ohio State four, and then Penn State seven. Uh, all three of those are in the Big Ten East. That's what makes it so difficult for Indiana every year. Wisconsin of the Big Ten, who IU will play later in the season, they are in 21st. And uh, Maryland receives some votes. Also Illinois as well. Uh, so a lot of Big Ten representation in the uh, Coaches Association poll that came out yesterday. If you're curious, Georgia 1, Michigan 2, as I said, Alabama 3, Ohio State 4, LSU 5, USC 6, who enters the Big Ten Conference next season. So uh, crazy to think college football is almost here. Week 0 games, maybe two weeks from this weekend, I believe. Uh, so getting close. We're almost to the high school and football seasons. A couple other IU football notes. You know, we talk a lot about uh, IU's key players for the upcoming season. One we haven't talked about as much is Cam Camper. Uh, tore his ACL in late October at Rutgers. Spent much of the offseason recovering from the injury. We did get a chance to hear from him yesterday, and he believes he's on course. He believes he'll be ready for week one of the college football season. That obviously is good news for Indiana. And another name, you know, Indiana's tight end position, tight end room is really young, very inexperienced. A name to remember, according to the IU coaches, is redshirt sophomore Aaron Steinfeld. He definitely is someone of real interest for the coming year and received a lot of praise from the coaches yesterday when they met with the media. A couple things about college conference realignment. Big day Friday. It was when Oregon and Washington both finalized their moves to the Big Ten Conference. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah all made the news official that they would head to the Big 12, and all of this takes place for the 2024 season of college football and, of course, all the other sports that year as well. So the Big Ten, when you break this down, the Big Ten will have four 
former Pac-12 schools in 2024. Oregon, UCLA, USC, and Washington. The Big 12, you could say they have the four corner schools in the Pac-12. And the SEC, they're getting better for next season as well when they add Texas and Oklahoma who are departing the Big 12. So just some amazing movement out there right now. Pac-12, four members left on life support. Uh, Very likely this is the final basketball season of this storied Western Coast Conference in the Pac-12. But really the only Power 5 conference, as you think about all this, that has not been affected, at least to date, by any of the realignment is the ACC. Uh, Florida State has been verbal with it some that they are considering uh, departing the conference, but we know the television deals, the long-term agreement, the grant of rights, it's tough for these ACC schools to get out. So the ACC, the news that they are considering at least, conversations on adding Cal, uh, of the Pac-12 and also Stanford of the Pac-12 is really the first time that the ACC has been put in any serious contention or conversation about conference realignment. You know, other questions, and we may get into Mike with Mike Schumann on this later, but uh, what happens to the Big Ten tournament when these four new schools come in? Uh, how does an 18-team tournament work? How many buys will there be? Is it possible, like in some conferences, where the bottom of the tournament is just simply ineligible for the conference tournament. So uh, going to be interesting to see how this affects Big Ten basketball specifically, how scheduling will be determined over the course of the conference. Will they still have protected rivalries where Indiana and Purdue are guaranteed a home and away series each and every year? Will there be some pods created so the Western Coast teams play more often or uh, travel time is less? Just so many unknowns as we get to this point and still about a year out from some of these major changes coming our way. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Text from the uh, Thornton's text line says, When IU ships out west, can we look forward to 11 p.m. or midnight tip-offs? I would say you definitely could prepare for some 10 or 11 p.m. tip-offs when Indiana is on the road on the West Coast at UCLA, at USC, uh, at obviously Oregon and now Washington of the Big Ten. So uh, those late-night affairs are tough. And uh, hell, a 9 o'clock game, a 9.30 game is tough, uh, even in the Midwest or the East Coast. But yeah, you're going to see 10 o'clock, 10.30, 11 o'clock tip-offs. I can think back many a times of seeing Arizona play uh, late-night games on television, even during the week. And uh, Indiana occasionally will have those opportunities, but that's just part of it as the Big Ten becomes a national conference and uh, moves really from coast to coast, all the way from New Jersey to the West Coast, the Big Ten uh, expanding and uh, growing its television markets. That's what it's all about. If you miss our live show, the podcast is always available. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. We'll head to a quick commercial break. When we come back, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier joins the program. We'll talk conference realignment. We'll talk IU basketball. We'll get into some IU football as well. And still ahead later in the show, Sharon Wilkerson, former IU basketball player, 
current Jeff basketball coach. We'll talk about the Red Devils for the upcoming season and more. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier with us in this segment each and every Tuesday. You can read Mike's work at thedailyhoosier.com and follow him on social media, daily underscore Hoosier. Mike, welcome to the program. It's another day, which means more conference realignment news. The latest is the ACC is at least going to consider and have some conversations about adding Cal and Stanford of the Pac-12, which is fading away quickly. Uh, Does that make sense for the ACC conference? And I know that we don't know the business side of things, but wouldn't you like to have Stanford and their Olympic success of the Big Ten? Yeah, it would certainly challenge Indiana a lot more with their own success in uh, swimming and diving and um, in soccer for sure but Stanford's been one of the top programs in both of those areas as well but they, they certainly bring a lot it, it seems to me that the ACC is kind of at this inflection point right now where they're either going to try to survive themselves and expand and be one of the the power brokers in college football, or they're going to go the way of the Pac-12. I've kind of, and I'm sure you have and others have as well, kind of seen news going in both directions. You know, there was the noise about Clemson and and Florida State potentially uh, looking elsewhere. And and now you see, you know, as you, you said, you know, reports of Cal and Stanford uh, potentially joining. So, so it certainly seems like the ACC is trying to, uh, you know, going to be in survival mode at this point and if that means going all the way across uh, to the Pacific Coast to, to be the Atlantic Coast Conference and that's what they're going to do. Yeah, interesting times, that's for sure. Had a text, Mike, at the end of the last segment on the Thornton's text line about should Indiana fans get ready for 10 or 11 o'clock tip-offs. I would say so when Indiana plays out on the West Coast as it stands at one of the four West Coast Big Ten schools, you can expect later games for sure. Yeah, I mean, it it almost has to be uh, just by nature the the time zone difference in in West Big Ten works out a situation where the East Coast teams only play a weekend games out west so that they don't have to go into those evening time slots, which that seems very unlikely. Um, it, it's just going to put a, a, an added strain on uh, student-athletes when it comes to just managing their, their schedule. You know, we saw this a couple of years ago when, when IU went out to Portland for the NCAA tournament after playing a game in Dayton, Ohio. They, they had to hop on a plane and fly out to Portland uh, you know, travel across three time zones and get ready to play. And, you know, it didn't go particularly well. So you're, you're going to ha- see some of that, I suspect, um, unless 
does a conference adds a wrinkle to its scheduling approach to avoid that kind of stuff. But it's going to be pretty hard to do uh, with four different West Coast teams now, uh, four, four Pacific time zone teams in, in the league. I think, unfortunately, you're going to have, you know, Tuesday night games that start at 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, that'll be 10 o'clock for, for Indiana, which will just bring, bring about some crazy uh, return home trips and, and just some crazy... Uh, fatigue for players and things like that. So it'll be, that, that'll be certainly interesting to watch. You know, I, I know all of this is being driven by football and they only play one game a week. So, you know, guys can recover better from situations like that, but it's, it's just about all the other sports, uh, you know, and we talk a lot about men's basketball. You talk about, you know, playing a Tuesday or Wednesday night game out in Washington at 10 o'clock Eastern time and then turn around and play a game at noon Saturday in Bloomington. Uh, you're probably going to have stuff like that, and, and again, unless they work out a way to avoid it. Uh, so so that, that's going to get messy, and I'm sure you're going you're gonna to hear a lot of people saying that that's just not a, a fair system for, for the players. Yeah, great, uh, great point there as well. Football, one game a week, typically on the weekend on a Saturday. These other sports, including basketball, but gosh, we forget so much about all the other sports that make up the Big Ten Conference. Soccer, swimming, track and field, the list goes on and on. Often those are weekday sports, midweek games, a couple midweek games in some cases. Travel is going to be greatly affected. There is so much interesting about all, all of this to see how ultimately everything plays out. Yeah, and I, I've seen some people suggest you know, well, maybe you only make the conferences for football, uh, kind of like hockey is done. They have their own unique conferences because, you know, there's not as many colleges that have uh, Division One hockey programs or even some of them across what we traditionally think of as Division One. But, you know, would it make more sense to have these conferences uh, apply only to uh, football? I don't know. I think that comes with its own set of complexities as well in terms of how you then turn around and, and fund and allocate revenue for the, the remaining sports. Um, but, but just from a scheduling and practicality standpoint, if, if we're going to go to these huge national coast-to-coast conferences, that would probably make more sense. But I, I don't know how then it plays out when it comes to, because all the revenue is tied up in football, how, how you then turn around and fund the other sports. So I, I don't think any of this is easy, but one thing that does seem to be clear is that that television is driving all of this right now, um, which, you know, to some extent makes sense. I mean, that's where the money is. That's where, you know, that's how the sport connects with its fans. You know, it wasn't like 100 years ago where, you know, revenue was really tied up in, in ticket sales. Um, now it's all television-driven. So, you know, the common interest that these schools have is maximizing a television contract. And the way you do that is, you know, bringing big, big brands together. And that's why you can, you know, have a USC and Ohio State in the same conference because, you know, that's their common interest is, is maximizing a television contract. But that doesn't make it good for just about everybody else involved beyond football. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, our guest here on this Tuesday show. You know, there are so many questions, and I'm just throwing these out there, but what does the Big Ten Conference basketball tournament look like with 18 teams? How many bye games could there be? Will some of the bottom feeders in the conference that season be ineligible for the conference tournament? How will regular season scheduling be determined? Will Indiana and Purdue still be a protected rivalry 
things that we have no idea just yet. I'm sure the conference is uh, hard at work trying to figure those things out. But with these changes could come some major changes and differences for Indiana fans and fans at every school across the Big Ten. Yeah, you're hitting on some, some great points there that, that actually do have to be worked out here in the coming days and months. I mean, the, the Big Ten basketball tournament is definitely one of those. Um, and the 18-team tournament seems a little crazy to me. Um, you know, we see it in other sports like uh, baseball where there's they, they don't invite everybody to the tournament. I think they just take the top eight in baseball. Um, so maybe you see something along those lines for, for basketball going forward. I, I have no idea. Um, also, just the venue. I mean, are you going to have you know the entire Big Ten go out to, to Los Angeles or Las Vegas for, for the Big Ten tournament? Um, you know, all, all that stuff has to be figured out. You know, protecting rivalries will be interesting. You know, we've also seen great rivalries possibly impacted or even ended at least temporarily here depending on how the schools handle it like a washington versus washington state um, oregon versus oregon state um you know those teams have always met historically as part of you know the pac-12 conference they'll have to schedule out of conference if they want to keep those going so there, there's just so many layers to this uh that have to be worked out um but I, but i suspect you know in the minds of you know athletic departments uh, trustees, regents, what have you, you know, they, they figure we got to get the best television contract first that'll fund our athletics the best, and then we have to just figure out the rest as we go. Um, probably not the best approach, probably not the best answer, but, you know, everybody's kind of a, a victim of, of that thinking right now. Yeah, for sure. Mike Schumann, my guest. Mike, we don't get to, get to see a lot about the IU guys in the offseason. Things are pretty much kept under wrapped occasionally Cliff, Chris, excuse me Cliff Marshall the strength and conditioning coach athletic performance coach he'll send out some updates in the summer with some photos or maybe even videos but that's typically not on the court stuff so it was a little surprising yesterday we got to see McKenzie Mbako go through a shooting workout he was shooting a lot of three-pointers and I didn't realize he had a younger brother. That's who he was working out with. I don't know where it was. It's maybe his high school gym somewhere. I think a lot of the players are home right now. But interesting to see that. He's a player that Indiana fans really want to know more about and are already counting on sight unseen uh, for a big year in Bloomington. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I know Mbako's an out-of-state kid, so maybe this is overstating the the expectations but it does at least to me kind of feel like a Romeo Langford type freshman year he's ranked kind of right there similar to, to what Romeo was I know Romeo had more local hype uh, especially down in your area because of you know because everybody knew who he was he was a local kid and they watched him kind of grow up and his recruitment was covered for a much longer time by those of us who cover that stuff but Mbako is a similar player and he's a similarly uh, rated and ranked player so I, I feel like there is that kind of you know when you just talk about pure hope and expectations for what he can do as a freshman at the high major level of college basketball I do feel like it is similar uh, for him and you see videos like that and the most encouraging thing I saw is just him making threes you never know how that stuff's edited they could have edited out you know 100 misses and he really shot you know two <laughs> for 200 and we just saw the, the few that he made but um but uh, but 
everything I've heard about the guy, he's making threes this summer. Um, he's kind of what I would say is very inconsistent as a shooter. He would have massive games on the EYBL where he'd make like you know six or seven threes, and then he'd go over eight the next game. Um, he's also a kid that you know, like like most guys of, of his size, you know, played some in the post and kind of worked his way out to the perimeter. So he's still kind of finding his way as a shooter from a consistency standpoint. So, so some of that's to be expected. If people don't know his younger brother's name is Ethan, he's class of 2025, also played on the EYBL, also a national prospect. I don't think he's quite thought of at the same stature as his brother, at least not to this point, but he is being recruited nationally. He is being recruited by IU. He's talked about taking a visit to IU. So, you know, I think it's one of those things where if all goes well for McKenzie and Baco at IU over this year or beyond, I think that will set up Indiana very well for his brother as well. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us Tuesdays on the program. A lot of football news the last couple days as well. We had some updates from various players and some of the assistant coaches on Tom Allen's staff yesterday. I don't know. There's maybe some hope this team has an outside chance at six wins and bowl eligibility. But after that Ohio State game, those next three or four games, pigeonholed between Ohio State and the Michigan game, are going to be so very important for this team to see if they can build momentum, increase their win total, and give a flying chance to have some success or maybe reach a bowl game later this year. Yeah, I actually took a poll of the fan base yesterday on Twitter. I got 609 votes. I'll tell you that the that the majority, 53.5%, think Indiana's going to end up with four or five wins next year. So they, they think, or this year, they think they're going to fall just short of that, that bowl eligibility mark. Um, you know, 27.6% think it'll be three or less wins. 15.8% think it'll be exactly six, and just 3.1% think it's going to be seven or, or more. Uh, those are the, the super optimistic fans there for you. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, Ohio State, you, you know, because they're going through their own quarterback issue, they, they, they've got some new offensive linemen. Um, it, I'm, I'm trying to think of things to make you optimistic uh, for, for fans out there, but yeah, I think most people have a good sense of how that game's going to go. Could be closer than some people think, but but you're right. You know, it's in my mind. It's if you look up and down the schedule, it's the Indiana State, Louisville, Akron, Maryland, Rutgers, Illinois, Michigan State, and Purdue. Those are the games where you got to find six wins, and then <laughs> there's not that many there to find. I mean. You know, the games I'm leaving out are obviously Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. So six out of nine games, uh, you, you got to get, and that's that's tough for Indiana because outside of Akron and Indiana State, I don't think Indiana is going to go into any of those other games as you know, probably not favorites at all. But if they are favored in any of them, it's going to be by a very small margin and you're asking them to, to pull out six of those nine so that, that that's a very tough ask for for indiana going into this season you know i think the the wild card that could make it happen is if one of these two quarterbacks Taven jackson or brendan soresby emerge and really just kind of become a phenom that that you know we're not expecting you know really play to a level that that no one is expecting right now but i think that would be kind of the the difference maker that could make Indiana go on and run this year. 
Yeah, no question. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us here on this Tuesday program. Mike, I want to jump back to basketball for a minute, some recruiting topics. Boogie Flan, we know he's a big name for IU in 2024, and a report out that Mike Woodson is going to speak at a coach's clinic at his high school in New York. So Indiana keeping it up. The You'd like to think, oh, what a big advantage for Mike Woodson, but John Calipari going to be there as a speaker. Nate Oates from Alabama also scheduled on the agenda there as well. So it's not just Mike Woodson, but Indiana keeping it as close as they possibly can to Boogie. Yeah, you'd love to see how much lobbying and the behind-the-scenes kind of posturing was done to get those spots, the speaking spots. Um, obviously, it's at Boogie's High School. It's you know in New York. When Mike Woodson has some clout because he was the New York Knicks as head coach, as most people know. Um, but but the fact that you know Mike Woodson's not a guy that you know is on the road exhaustively. Like if he's doing something, it's very tactical and strategic from a recruiting standpoint. So the the tell for me there is that he thinks he has a shot to land Boogie, and he's pretty much all in at this point in trying to do that. Um, but but obviously, you know, he's going to be right there with, as you said, Calipari and Oates. Probably three of the four schools I'd say, who have the best shot to land him at this point. Um, you know, I, I think we're, we're entering that point. I, I'm writing this article right now so I can speak to it a little bit more. Um, you know, we're, we're here in early August. The early signing period is in early November, so it's three months of kind of a home stretch for the class of 2024, and I think things are starting to crystallize a little bit. You've got Liam McNeely, the, the 2024 five-star combo forward, coming for a second official visit next month, uh, a month from today, as a matter of fact, along with his friend and teammate Derek Queen, uh, 2024 five-star center who plays for Montverde as well. They both took a visit together at IU a year ago in September. They're taking a visit together at IU uh, next month together. Uh, I think those two, along with Boogie Flan, just from the, the way that the recruits are acting, the things that they're doing, the things that they're scheduling, and the way the coaching staff is uh, prioritizing, those three seem like the best chances Indiana has right now. Uh, to, to land a, a player in the class of 2024. Um, you know, and then you look at kind of the next level. There's guys like Asa Newell, who's a teammate of those two, uh, McNeely and Queen, kind of a wild card. Um, visited IU multiple times, really liked it. Um, the fact that he's teammates with those guys, I think, bodes well for Indiana. you got a shooting guard in Austin Swartz, who, who has a visit scheduled at IU. You've got Tyler Betsy, who... Re- recently included IU in his top schools and said IU was the best visit that he's taken of, of any so far. We've got Honor Booking from Arkansas who's looking at scheduling an IU visit. Those are the guys that I feel like have the most traction uh, and that IU is prioritizing as well. Um, and I think we're just at that stage where you're going to start seeing dominoes fall here real quick over the next month. Uh, so, so that we're not talking about a very long list of people that, that IU is prioritizing and potentially getting a commitment here in the next you know, four to six weeks as well. Yeah, interesting. You think maybe Indiana could be on the verge in the next month or two of a commitment? Yeah, I think that that point where you got Queen and McNeely on campus, I mean, I'll, I'll go as far as to say, you know, 
I have not seen McNeely schedule any other visits to this point. Um, maybe I'm forgetting or, or missing one. So that almost feels to me like it's a confirmatory visit, you know, where, where the whole he and his whole family come again for a second time. I mean, I, I just can't think of too many times where players have taken two official visits to the same school over the course of a year. I'm sure it happens more than I know, but, but to me that, that just feels like he's already been there. He loved it. This is confirmatory. If all goes well and there's no red flags or anything, I, I think he could be the, the first domino right around the time of that visit. Hmm, interesting stuff there. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier with us. Mike, as always, enjoy your uh, chats, our chats. Appreciate the insight, and we always look forward to our conversations each week here on the show. Likewise, Matt. All right, Mike Schumann with us here on this Tuesday program. Interesting stuff there, and a good thought by Mike Schumann. Liam McNeely coming back for maybe a confirmation-type visit with his family. Uh, Could he be... Uh, the next commitment to this IU basketball program here in the fall recruiting time. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Sharon Wilkerson, former IU player, current head coach at Jeffersonville, is with us next. We're going to talk some high school hoops and learn a little more about the Red Devils. They had a really good offseason, lots of talent in the Jeff program right now, and Sharon will give us the scoop after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Tuesday program, final segment of our Tuesday show. Thornton's text line open, the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you miss our live show here weekdays at 11 o'clock on the Big X, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. You can listen on demand, and no matter how you're with us, we hope each and every day, Glad to have you as we talk IU basketball and also complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Sharon Wilkerson, head coach at Jeffersonville, former IU player as well, with us in our final segment of today's program. Coach, a busy summer. I know that you're getting back in the school routine, but a lot of your busy time, your busy work happened when school was out of session. Yes, we had a very busy, uh, busy summer uh, this off season, Matt. We we definitely wanted to uh, wanted to get our guys out and and uh, get them in front of the evaluators and the college coaches uh, just to see where they are. Right? It's uh, it's it's all in the food chain where you fall. You know, where's your talent going to place you? And I think it's important for guys to be seen. So the month of June, obviously, uh, every every week in the month of June, we played in front of college coaches, and then in July, they played a very aggressive schedule. So it's been a uh, been a very productive all season for us. 
you know, Coach, I guess you build your summer routine, your practices, but specifically where you play, who you play, based on your roster. And you know with this young talent moving through, so many of them have had a chance to gain some real valuable starting experience uh, the last year or so. You knew this was a big summer, not just for your team to develop, but also for these uh, players to get some recognition. So I think you used the word aggressive. Boy, it was an aggressive June schedule. You guys took on all comers. I, I think it's the, the one way that you can ensure growth, right? I, I, I think that uh, typically, if fortunately, the way that it works here in, in, in athletics, uh, you learn the most uh, through your failures. And obviously, we try to coin it a little bit different and not necessarily call it a failure as much as we call it learning. And I think that you have to definitely go down that path in order to attain the highest level of competition here in the state of Indiana. You know, I think uh, I think guys do a really, really good job of preparing their student-athletes. And if you're going to compete, I think that you have to do the same thing. So we made a conscious effort of making sure that we dotted all our I's and crossed all our T's in preparation to, to, face, uh, to face what Indiana high school basketball is all about. All right, Sharon Wilkerson, the coach at Jeffersonville, with us on this Tuesday program. Now that school is, in, is back in session, you can have two days a week to practice, actually get on the court, run through offenses and defenses, and basically simulate what things will look like five, six days a week when the regular season gets here. These early practices haven't always been allowed in Indiana how big is this early time for a coach to work with players, individual, team, etc., to get ready for the upcoming year? Uh, from a personal standpoint, Matt, I, I think that it's absolutely critical to your success. You know, the, the season runs from November in, until March. And a lot of times, especially if you have dual sport athletes, they're not fully ready until almost Christmas. Well, by that time, you're looking at almost half of your season being dissipated. Man, so it takes a long time to get those guys acclimated specifically uh, to, to certain things that the program is, is asking of, of that particular student-athlete. So for us, we try to maximize what the IHSAA uh, allows for us to do. Man, we, we communicate it publicly, if you will. Uh, I mean, man, because it, it, two things, the reason that we communicate it publicly, number one, to allow our younger kids and their families to see what's coming up as they're preparing for the high school level. And then the second thing that we do, we make sure that our kids are, are being prepared, you know, during that time, time, things I must earn. So we really put a, a premium on preparing ourselves for the up and coming season to get our student athletes ready. Sharon, you had a couple big guys, uh, key players for the upcoming year in the Battle of the Bridges across a lot of the different levels over in Louisville this past weekend. But Trey Singleton, uh, 26 points. He was the Indiana MVP, although the team lost 109-102 to the Kentucky entry on Saturday. You and I have talked a lot about him both on this radio show and off of this program. His recruiting is beginning to grow. He's got some scholarship offers and a lot of interest coming in. He's been a real beneficiary of your aggressive June schedule. And he, like so many of your guys, they really dedicated the offseason to travel basketball, played competitive schedules, and he was able to get out, take his game to another level, and be seen. No matter, I, I think that it's a recipe to it, right? So this past year when we initially came in, we really challenged those guys, as, as a lot of people know. Fortunate for us, they accepted the challenge. Uh, they made the necessary adjustments, uh, and I think that you see that they're reaping the reward from that. Uh, I, I think that it's important uh, that the student-athletes see that reward uh, because then it lets them know that they're heading down the right path. 
so fortunate for us, it, it, it worked out according to plan. And, uh, you know, we're very blessed being in this situation. And, you know, we're going to continue our work ethic and continue to lay out the path uh, for our kids to travel. And hopefully it's, it's, going to re- re- it's going to reap additional rewards for us. All right, Coach Wilkerson of Jeffersonville, our guests, we're having an off-season conversation about the Devils as they get ready to get into the fall workout portion of the schedule. Coach, a lot of new faces, a lot of new coaches in southern Indiana as you look across some of your rivals, New Albany and Jeffersonville with new guys in the Hoosier Hills Conference, also Bedford and Jennings County with new coaches. You're a veteran at Jeffersonville as far as a former player. Stand out there. You live there, went to school there but this high school gig is still fairly new for you what do you think about all the new faces in southern indiana high school basketball as far as coaches go for the upcoming year i think it's wonderful for southern indiana basketball i think that it speaks about the quality of southern indiana basketball matt i really do you know you look at some of the new coaches that we have in the area uh, I mean, man, they're well-respected. Uh, I mean, man, in, in certain instances, some of them could potentially be Hall of Fame coaches. Uh, so I think that it's uh, it's definitely a, a testament uh, to what Southern Indiana brings to the table. You know, a lot of times, man, we, we kind of get uh, we kind of get stuck in the middle, right? Because Northern Indiana really doesn't consider us to be part of Indiana, and then because we're just on this side or the sunny side of the bridge, I mean, a lot of times, man, we get left out of the Louisville conversations. So we're kind of in between, if you will. You know, we're in a very unique situation. Uh, I mean, man, so f- for us, man, we, we really try to try to make our mark on both sides of the bridge, if you will, uh, because of our situation. Got it. Sharon Wilkerson with us here on this Tuesday program. Coach, I know you're still finalizing the schedule for the upcoming year. As we get closer to the season, we'll talk about some of those details. But I know you and I know your thoughts on this team for this season. Uh, you want to compete for a conference and sectional championship. You'd like to make a run in the 4A state tournament. So that begins with a competitive regular season schedule. Definitely think it does. You, you have to prepare. Like you, you, you listen to a lot of the top-notch college coaches in the country. They always uh, use the phrase "tournament ready." I mean, man, and I think that that's important, right? I think that you have to play a comparable schedule in accordance to what you're going to face in the tournament. So we we'll, we open up against Cathedral, uh, then we go to two holiday tournaments. We go to the Kokomo Holiday Tournament, which obviously Kokomo has the number two rated player in the country, and then we're going also to the Fishers Holiday Tournament which they just recently uh, sent their best player, Harrison, uh, to Lalamere Prep School. So we are really trying to put ourselves in the upper echelons of, of the teams here in the state so we can allow our guys to be seen. I think that it's important, Matt, that guys be seen, right? I mean, you can be talented, but if the right people don't see you, then that talent kind of gets lost in the shuffle, which is the reason that we've played this aggressive schedule. You know, I think it sets up not only our current guys, but it also sets up our younger guys coming through because now they're in the, in, on the radar, if you will, because all the college coaches that's going to be recruiting our older guy. So hopefully we got something real special here, and it's just going to continue to morph uh, into what we hopefully uh, will be something that we can contend in the state of Indiana year in and year out. All right, Sharon Wilkerson with us on this Tuesday program. Coach, I know this is our first chat since school's been back in. I know we'll be together a lot leading up to the season. High school football is almost here, but after that, Coach, it's time for the Red Devils and time to get back to Southern Indiana hoops, so we'll be in touch here very soon. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate your time, my friend. Go Red Devils. Absolutely. Sharon Wilkerson with us on this Tuesday program. And that's going to wrap things up. Don't forget, no show on Friday. 
We'll be with you Wednesday and Thursday at 11 a.m. And if you miss a show, miss a segment, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you will find us there. Have a great Tuesday. We will be back with you Wednesday in the 11 o'clock hour. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star and Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, set to join us on our Wednesday show. Have a great day. Talk with you tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>